Welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast that's all about energizing communities, advocating for change, and making a difference in the great state of Nebraska. We'll dive deep into the heart of Nebraska's progressive movement, exploring the stories, strategies, and initiatives that are shaping the political landscape. We're here to amplify the voices of candidates, local activists, and community leaders who are fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska. Swing Left Nebraska is your go-to resource for staying informed about key issues, upcoming elections, and how you can get involved. Whether you're a seasoned organizer, a concerned citizen, or someone who's looking to make a difference for the first time, we've got you covered. Get ready to be inspired, and let's embark on this incredible journey together. Hi there, I'm Alea, your host for today's show. Thank you for joining Cindy Maxwell Ozdek and me on this episode. We appreciate you toning in. Today, we'll be discussing the latest updates in the Nebraska Unicaramel, the legislative body that is responsible for making laws in our state government. We know it's essential to stay informed about the government's activity so we can be active citizens. Before we get into the show, I wanted to share some good news. The online comment submission deadlines have been changed. Since Cindy and I recorded this episode for you on Saturday, January 20th. So the deadline for submitting comments to be included in the official hearing record as an exhibit is now 8 a.m. on the day of the hearing instead of noon the previous legislative day before the hearing. Please note that you can always submit an online comment on a bill at any time during the session after the hearing. Your comment will not be included with the official hearing record as an exhibit, but it is still a way to communicate your priorities with the senator for the life of the bill. Therefore, you still have time to submit online comments for any bills scheduled for Monday's hearings if you hear this on Sunday. Remember, you must click on the verification email to complete the submission. I left the link in the show notes for you so you can easily see what bills are up this week and leave your comment. Now, let's do a show. All right, Sydney, it is such a treat to have you back again. This was a heavy week. Lots of things went on, so I'm excited to unpack the unicameral with you. State lawmakers have finished their discussions on proposed rule changes and have successfully avoided any attempts to weaken the filibuster. This week, senators also rejected a proposal to make committee assignments subject to public election. Now, these proposals could have threatened our state's longstanding tradition of collaborative lawmaking. Senators were definitely wise to reject them, don't you think? Yes, and it is so nice to be with you today. I am really breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief about the rules changes and the debate that went on this last weekend and last few days, the most egregious one. We were able to avoid that. The thing about the secret ballots and listening to some of these senators that were getting up and talking on the floor of the legislature, either for or opposed, I think people just really need to remember, because this will come up again, <laughs> it's not going to be new next time we debate the rules, 
is that it is not against transparency for leadership elections within a body like our Nebraska legislature to be by secret ballot. That is common with how it happens across the country and in many elected bodies. It's just that it is something the Nebraska legislators on a certain side have always been trying to change because they do want to hold their party members account. That's basically what it is. And in the past, we have had committee chairs from all parties. They were voted in based on their credentials and their experience and their abilities. And it's just really just been this last year that we saw such a focus and concentration on committee chairs from only one party. So uh, hopefully the legislature will swing back to more kind of moderate and reasonable fulcrum in the future. But I did know that a lot of people were so surprised by some of the votes on that rule change regarding the secret ballot. And I wasn't. I was curious, wondering what was going to happen, of course. But it reminded me, Senator Conrad brought up about the people who had taken the kind of pledge regarding what they called the transparency pledge from the Nebraska First PAC. And I, as a candidate, remember receiving a lot of materials from that organization. They sent letters several times. One came by certified mail. I had phone calls. And in fact, they even talk about that on their website. The Nebraska First PAC has a transparency and leadership pledge. And then if you click through to their spreadsheet, it lists how they tried to contact some of the different senators, and they say multiple emails, certified letter delivered, volunteer calling. So there was a lot of pressure regarding this pledge. And I think that it's important people understand, of course, candidates receive endorsements from various parties, various organizations, because you generally would align maybe with some of the values or the priorities, the positions of those organizations, but signing an actual pledge, I personally would not be comfortable with that. And I declined. And you can see my name that I declined. But so did Jana Hughes. Senator Hughes had refused it. And so had Senator Brandt. So that wasn't a surprise necessarily to me that they didn't vote for it when it came up for a vote. But it was surprising, I think, to some people because Senator Reapy did sign the pledge and then didn't vote for it. And then he so, didn't vote for yeah, it. Just, it's interesting. And I think that it's important that people remember that we're electing these senators to use their good judgment. Of course, we want them to listen to their constituents, to be open-minded, to follow science, to do the right thing for our state. And I am glad that Senator Reapy did the right thing and did not vote in that very partisan. And that just is a good reminder, too. We keep pushing every week to contact your senator, make your voice heard, make your comments heard, if you can go down to the Capitol. And sometimes it can feel like all these actions, all this time that you're putting into using your voice may not do anything. But clearly, these votes and the way everything turned out do prove that when we unite and we do use our voice to push back, that it sometimes can make a difference, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And it's good your senators know where you stand, even if they don't vote the way you've asked them to. For example, I called my senator's office the other morning and talked with the aide, and who was a lovely person, and took down my message and had also shared there were quite a few calls coming in 
And it's disappointing that my senator didn't vote the way to keep the nonpartisan roles, but I think it's good that he realizes how we all feel and we'll just keep trying. And even like me, I've talked about this before. I'm a little spoiled. I have Senator Blood. So mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time, she is going to vote that aligns with my values. So I sometimes wonder, is it even worth sending her an email where she's just going to respond? I agree. But it's still very important because she can use that information for when she does go and speak and be able to say X amount of constituents reached out for me. I am hearing from them. So it's still important, even if you are fortunate like me to have a lawmaker that uh, aligns with your values to still make how you feel heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So pivoting a little bit on Thursday, two lawmakers, Senator Justin Wayne and Senator Terrell Kenny, expressed their resentment towards state officials for what they say disrespecting and lying to their North Omaha constituents about economic development projects. They actually led a filibuster and delayed Governor Jim Pellin's state of the state address by nearly 50 minutes. Their conversation mainly revolved around millions of dollars in public funding for North Omaha that Wayne and McKinney had helped secure through legislation. It was the largest single allocation of about $90 million was for an industrial business park in the North Omaha area near Nebraska's largest airport. In front of guests and state officials, they voiced their opinions. The North Omaha senators revealed that the Nebraska Department of Economic Development did not always follow its rules while awarding that funding to a partnership that intended to create a shovel-ready site for businesses to build upon. And from my understanding, they actually were not present for the State of the Union speech by the governor in protest. Were you there or what can you add to this discussion? I was not there. I was watching from home and recording for our Legislative Study Group YouTube page. But I really do have to say that it's good that they brought the attention to this issue because I think a lot of us were aware of how this went down. And it is alarming to me that our elected officials, and this included quite a number of leaders, people who were supposed to be leaders in our state, and they did not include very necessary voices, not just Senator Wayne and Senator McKinney, but the people within the community. And to me, it just is disappointing that we would have been working on this these last few years. Um, Anyone who's been paying attention over the last few years would be aware of the need for um, our focus to help infuse dollars to those districts so that entrepreneurship and businesses can grow, which is the long-term goal, right? The senator's real focus on trying to bring economic opportunity to the eastern part of our city and to specifically Senator McKinney, Senator Wayne, Senator Vargas's districts. Everyone on the floor of the legislature has seemed to agree when stand at, at times over the last few years and say yes, of course. But when it came down to actually making it happen, there was a real disregard for making sure that the communication went to everyone in the community, let alone the senators. Yeah, it's just really disappointing. And I didn't know that they had actually left the floor when the governor came in for his state of the 
Yeah, they left the floor. And I think that's really important. Any way that you can draw attention to an issue that you're fighting for and make the public aware of the what and the why, I think is really valuable. And I'm, I'm glad they did it. And a lot of people have been talking about the various tax bills and property tax. And the governor was talking about how that's such a focus. And I'm the very first person to say, of course, none of us want to pay taxes, right? No one does. And there are many people who struggle with property taxes that are burdensome. And some even that I've talked to personally when I was here in my district talking with homeowners who were really struggling to the point where they might not be able to stay in their home because they were on fixed income and the expenses just keep going up on top of property taxes. So it is important that this be addressed, but let's put it into perspective. Property taxes have been on the radar of everybody for years, right? And the various actions they've taken to try to fix this, they're not getting in there and really rolling up their sleeves and getting to the root issue. And this whack-a-mole, well, we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll try to push this lever and push that button. And sometimes the unintended consequences are even worse for certain property owners. And senators who talk about how we have to be careful of the budget and mindful of the projections and things like that, it's important we all remember that last year there were historic cuts and they're all not fully implemented yet. It's going to actually get lower and lower. There were historic cuts to income taxes in our state. So the revenues for our state will be going down every year until they're fully implemented in 27. The top brackets for individuals and then the corporations were all flattened as well. So the lower tax brackets for income taxes were not cut. And so when we talk about potentially implementing sales tax increases or getting rid of certain exemptions on sales tax increases, which really there are some we should get rid of their exemption. Again, I don't want to pay taxes either, but we do need to make sure that we're implementing fair tax across our state and across the communities that we live in. And we also need to make sure we're investing in our state. So that takes money and we need to invest for our kids' future. And if we don't do that, then everyone's going to continue to leave and this brain brain drain is just going to continue to get worse. So I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up about the income tax um, piece of it because there was another bill brought by Senator Linehan that just was outrageous. LB 1401 Two is to appropriate funds to the treasurer for the purpose of providing grants to scholarship granting organizations. This sounds familiar to anyone. That's LB 753 from last year. The scholarship granting organizations are to be funded via tax credit. Basically, people would be making donations and then they would be able to receive up to half their tax credit to get, it's dollar for dollar, it's not just a credit, it's to get their taxes to pay towards their tax bill. And that argument all the time, last year, the whole time, through the repeal process, everything, was that is not money that is coming from our state. It was just on repeat that, the, that those dollars were donations and that we should not consider that as an impact on our revenue, even though there was a red fiscal note on LB 753. Just remind everyone to go back and look at the actual website if they're curious. But now Senator Linehan has brought a bill where it would just be blatant appropriation. 
from the general funds to these private schools. And that's against Nebraska's constitution. We see that they're unwilling to concede that Nebraskans in our constitution do not want public dollars for private schools. And as voters, they don't want us to vote on it either. We haven't heard from Secretary Evnen yet about, as far as I haven't seen anyway in the news, as of today, we haven't heard what his reply was to Senator Linehan about trying to disallow the question to be on the ballot in November, even though we had more than 115,000 signatures from Nebraskans across the state within three months. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. And I know this won't be the last of it because they're just obsessed with taking our tax dollars and sending it to private schools. I'm not against private schools. And my kids go to public, but all my nieces and nephews go to private parochial schools here in Nebraska. But I don't believe our tax dollars should be going to those schools. Many private schools do not admit students or students of family members who have LGBTQ status or different religion. There's many areas where there's discrimination with their admission policies. So that's why we need to make sure that our tax dollars stay with public schools that serve all students. I think that's important for you to bring up and make sure that our listeners are aware of all that. So let's move on to what is happening next week. Monday, we will start to ha have hearings for bills. One that comes to mind is LB 929 that seeks to coordinate 911 and the 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. So they work together to better serve Nebraska in need. And that was introduced by Senator Fredrickson. Now, offline, we had a good discussion. I said, oh, no, it's too late to leave comments for this bill. It says the deadline to leave comments online is Friday, January 19th. And you were very adamant that it's not too late. So can you first just remind the audience, what is leaving comments? Where can you leave comments? Why is it important? And then why there's not necessarily a hard deadline? Sure. Okay. First, it's so important that we be in contact with our senators regarding how these laws will impact our families, our lives, our livelihood. And they need our feedback so they can make the best laws for our state. There are many ways to do that. The most official way would be to attend a hearing and to testify. And if you testify at a hearing, you're in front of the senators directly, obviously. And starting next year, there will be official recording of the hearings available on the legislature website. And currently, there are recordings available on the Legislative Study Group YouTube page. We try to capture both hearings if we can. But if a bill from a hearing is advanced to general file, and that means being that it's sent to the floor of the legislature for the legislators to consider and debate, there will be a uh, committee statement that is published. And everyone who testifies, their name is on that committee statement as a proponent, opponent, or neutral. So that is the you know, most direct way to make sure that you're in front of the actual committee that's hearing that bill you can be in touch with the committee through online comments as well. And this is something that is new over the last few years, and it's improving every year. So I really appreciate that about the legislature and the clerk and everyone working on their website to make it more accessible to Nebraskans. 
If you go to a bill that's coming up for a hearing next week, and you can find the hearing schedule on the Nebraska legislature website, if you go to the main page or the home page, there's a list down the middle of the page with links. And near the bottom of that first section is one called hearing schedules. And this is an easy way to see all the hearings coming up for the next week. There's a link for hearing schedules this week and next week. And when you click on that, you'll see, starting with Monday, that there's one in banking and commerce, business and labor, education, general affairs, and transportation and telecommunications. That's just Monday. And then we just go on from there for the days going forward. But if you pull up one of the first bills, and the first one in banking and commerce at the top of my page that I'm looking at is LB1073. It's introduced by Senator Slama to change provisions relating to audits, very detailed regarding banking commerce and insurance. But there's a button you can add it to your calendar to try to follow it. I wish we had more of a push notification, but this is a way that you can make sure and add it to your calendar so you don't forget. And then you can also click on the button to submit an online comment. And when you submit an online comment, that is a way that you could communicate to all of the senators because those are available to all 49 of them. But especially it would be available to the senators on the committee because they would be wanting to educate themselves about what Nebraskans think. If you submit an online comment and confirm it and verify it with an email that you received from the legislature before noon on the legislative day before the hearing, it will be included on the committee statement for that particular bill. That is my understanding. And that will be an improvement because in the past, an online comment that you submitted would not be necessarily included on a committee statement. There would be many chairs that would read at the end of a hearing this how many comments we received, or sometimes even other senators would comment to get it on the record how many had been received. So this is an improvement in the process. We don't know if individual Nebraskans' names will be on the committee statement as proponents, opponents, or neutral. But at least the number of comments that are received will always be available to anyone who wants to look. The difference between online comments and testifying in person is that testimony is part of the official transcript of a hearing. And that will be searchable on the Nebraska legislature website going forward. And so those are available to future senators to consider regarding similar legislation. Or for anyone like me, I'll go back and I'll try to search on a subject and I will read testimony from people 10 years ago on a particular topic. So that's the difference between testimony and online comments. Online comments are very important as well, because sometimes you'll um, watch a hearing and the chair will say maybe four people testified as proponent and two as opponent, for example. But then when they talk about the online comments, they might be 50 in opposition. And it's important the senators pay attention to that because there's so many people who cannot attend the legislature. All of the hearings, I think, are going to be taking place in the afternoons this year. But if you live in Gearing or Brayton, Nebraska, or any number of places, it's difficult to get there. You have daycare, you have work, you have school. These are ways that we can help the senators see how this legislation will impact and I recommend, even if you've missed the deadline for it to be included in the official record, 
still submit your comments because it will be available for them to read going forward. And they don't have to necessarily be this big ordeal when you write them. I've gone in and just written like one or two sentences. I'm a proponent of this bill because X, Y, and Z, three sentences. But my voice is out there. They know how I feel. They know I'm a constituent from District 3. So don't get too caught up on thinking that you have to write this whole story about why you are opposed or proposed to a certain bill. What's really important is that you do submit those online comments so that you have a chance to directly engage with lawmakers and share your experience and positions on that legislation. And like you were saying, they can use those numbers when they go up to the microphone and are discussing their bill and they can say how many constituents or how many people in the state of Nebraska are opposed or proposed to bills. And those numbers do have validity. So don't think you have to write this big ordeal about why you feel a certain way. I don't want there to be any barrier. A simple one line sentence will do. If anyone goes and looks, you'll also see a button for ADA accommodation testimony. And that is very important for people who have disabilities. They can actually submit testimony that is included with the record hearing. And that testimony will be submitted basically as written testimony. So all of these online comments, though, must be verified. When you click through, you'll um, see in red letters to confirm your submission, a link from the Nebraska legislature with a subject line of verify your written comment for this particular hearing will be sent to this email. The step must be completed for every comment submitted. So if you don't verify your comment, it will not be submitted. And if you don't submit and verify your comment before that deadline for a hearing, which is listed at the top of the page for each particular bill and the comment that you're making, then it will not be listed on that committee statement. Right. Just FYI, another bill that I'm paying attention to that if you listen to this on Sunday, you have till noon on Monday the 22nd to comment. And that's LB855 by Senator Conrad, which prohibits school districts from sending families to debt collections relating to outstanding debts on a school lunch or breakfast account. So that makes sense to support this bill and ensure basic needs are met, just like common sense. Obviously, if you're going into debt for a lunch or breakfast account, there's a little more going on and punishing people who are struggling to pay that. It's just cruel, in my opinion. Right. I totally agree. And we've seen so many other states, including in Minnesota, where they have gone ahead and included school lunch as expense from the state. So it just completely takes that off the table. And I just think that's the right way to go with school lunch for public school students, actually. And I think it should be for private school students, too. But these data on school lunch, it is just shocking to me that this is where we're at in 2020. And so I really do hope that the senators will support Senator Conrad on this and that we can just really help our students have the best start. They need to be able to concentrate. First off, no kids should be hungry. But we also want to make sure that they can concentrate and learn and focus and be present at school and not have their hunger gnawing at their stomach. It's something I hope that they will pass. I agree. In addition to the bill by Conrad being introduced on Tuesday, I know you wanted to discuss another really great bill being introduced by Senator 
McKenney. Can you discuss that? Yes. There's hearings in education. Wednesday, we have health and human services, judiciary. We're in it. It's going to be busy. But in urban affairs on Tuesday afternoon, Senator McKinney has introduced a bill to adopt the Poverty Elimination Action Plan Act. I haven't read it in detail yet, but I really follow Senator McKinney and his work to try to address these issues for not just his community, but the state. So I think LB 840 is one that it would be great for people to um, take a look at and make comment on. And during that hearing, there are two other bills, both regarding middle-income workforce housing investment, one by Senator McKinney and one by Senator Ballard. So I think that Urban Affairs on Tuesday afternoon will be a hearing that we should all watch and try to make our views known because we do want to help eliminate poverty in our state. And middle-income workforce housing is such an issue, not just in our urban areas, but just across the state. So it is something we really need to address so that we can make sure and attract and retain talented employees and business owners, entrepreneurs in our state. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. As we wrap up, Cindy, is there anything that you are planning to be paying attention to this upcoming week? Anything our our listeners should be keeping their eyes and ears open? So I really am still going through all the bills and even still looking through all of the upcoming hearings. There's a lot. It is going to be very busy. But when you look at Monday's agenda, there are already some bills on general file and speaker priority bills that will be coming up. So in the mornings, there will be debate and then the afternoons will be the hearings will go through the end of February. So it's important that you keep your eye on the agenda in addition to the hearings. And basically, I think it's always a good idea to be in touch with your senator about your overall values, because it is really difficult to try to follow every single bill. It's too much for most of us, I would say, just really almost any of us, because the senators have staff to help them to keep track. So It's important that you be in touch with your senator about your overarching values, the priorities that you have for your family, for your business, for your community, so that they can make sure and be keeping that in mind while they're making decisions about all these bills that do come in front of them. And then when they're in hearings and maybe they have someone in front of them testifying on a certain issue, they will be able to ask better questions too. So again, every single time I would stress, be in touch with your senator, try to visit with them over time. But during the session, it's good to call, leave messages, email, send letters or postcards, and then also stop at the Capitol and visit with them in person if possible. Okay, perfect. And can you remind the listeners where they can look up the agenda and get a good get a good idea what bills are coming up and how they can prepare for them if they do mm-hmm. want to write comments or emails to the senators who are proposing them? Yes. So there's two main ways to find out what's coming up in an overview. If you're not looking for a specific bill, right? If you go to the homepage on uh, nebraskalegislature.gov, right-hand side is legislative calendar. And if it is a legislative day and you just click on the calendar where it shows that day, then it will show you the legislative activity for that day. Now, I'm doing this with you on a Saturday, so there's nothing in that date. But if you go underneath it, there's the month view. And so if you click on the month view, 
you will go to the day that you're interested in. And for example, this is a Saturday for us. So I'm going to look online at Monday, the 22nd. And so I click on that and the legislative activity will show the agenda at the top. And the agenda actually is really great during floor debate when they're convened. The documents and the place where they're uh, actually debating will be highlighted. So you can follow along where the legislature is when they're in session, between when they gavel in and when they adjourn for the day. And you would be able to just click on that particular bill and even go into more detail if you'd like. Underneath that is a print-friendly agenda, which kind of just lays it all out for you about what's going on for the bills up that day. Underneath those is the Daily Journal. That's where you would find, uh, you know, what has been read across and all of the motions and actions taken by the legislature. There's a summary sheet that would become available after the day convenes and a worksheet. And then the transcripts are underneath that. I wanted to highlight the hearing schedules. You can actually click that day on the hearings that are going on that day. So I really think that daily view, if um, you're interested in what's happening that day, is so helpful. You can also, of course, go and look forward on hearing schedules. The agenda is set by the speaker after each day closes, then they will be posting it for the next day. And it was very late in the evening sometimes last year when the agendas were posted. And that's hard for senators to prepare or for Nebraskans to be able to follow along that transparency piece. And I know Speaker Arch has said that they will be posted earlier than they had been. So that'll be a good thing. That's a great thing. This has been, as always, absolutely wonderful connecting with you and picking your brain so we can get some good insights about what is happening down in Lincoln. So thank you so much for your time and thank you for unpacking the Unicaramel in a way that we can understand and motivating us to get involved and get engaged and use our voice to push back against terrible legislation, but also use our voices to support wonderful bills that are coming out as well. So Cindy, thank you again for your time and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. Thanks. And that concludes another episode of the Swing Left Nebraska podcast. Our show is here to bring you the latest updates on progressive politics and grassroots initiatives across the state. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us on this journey towards a brighter, more inclusive future for all Nebraskans. Remember, your voice is powerful and your support is what fuels this movement. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe in the positive change we're advocating for, please take a moment to share this podcast with your friends, family, and fellow Nebraskans. Let's spread the word and grow the community of passionate progressives. Don't forget to subscribe to the Swing Left Nebraska pod on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you have a minute, we'd greatly appreciate if you could leave us a rating and review. Your feedback not only helps us improve, but also helps others find us and join the cause. So until next time, keep advocating, keep organizing, and keep believing in the power of your vote. Thanks for listening and stay engaged, Nebraska. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's 
Go. Ready, set, go. Get ready to go.